Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and I apologize that this episode is on a Thursday instead of a Tuesday. I have been out of town. I got home yesterday night. So today is Wednesday, um, October 4th. I got home yesterday. We were in South Carolina for a wedding, and it was beautiful. Every I wouldn't say every person's dream is to get married on the beach, but a lot of people's dream is to get married on the beach. And that's the kind of wedding that we went to. It was very small, very intimate. There was just like immediate family members there, which was really great. Like there were maybe 20 people on the groom's side and maybe 10, 15 people for the bride's side. And it was just beautiful. Like just everything was It was like a classy, natural, elegant feel. I don't know. Like, I feel like Generation Z is very much into the natural look. And with like, it had classical music and like 60s music. And it was just very classy. And her tones were very natural based. Like, there was sage green and tan and cream and it was just it was beautiful just everything worked out perfectly a lot of greenery and yeah it was just great and also still being in the south and south carolina and charleston there is that aesthetic of like the old towny feel and like historical houses it was just beautiful like the scenery the setting everything was just absolutely beautiful so we were there for four days, I want to say, from Saturday to Tuesday. And it was amazing, like being able to spend time with the husband's family, which I love all of them. They're all so, so great. And it was just a really fun time. And it was a, it was nice to get away from here, from North Carolina, and from work. It was nice to take a couple of days off, even though I feel like in some positions in a company, you don't really get a time off. <laughs> like I had some people in my emails being like, hi, where are you? Hello, can you please answer? Can you do this? And I'm like, hi, can you please read my response? Like I'm on vacation. Like please see that my email responded to you saying that I'm on vacation. <laughs> like, But people are not patient and people don't want to look at those things. So sometimes it's just... Uh, Uh, rough, I guess, to take a vacation when nobody thinks that you should. I don't know. I don't know if they think they should. I'm just rambling at this point. Anyways, so I will have this Thursday episode up. And before we get into the book, which I'm really excited about, actually, um, I am going to talk about a book that I forgot to put in my list two weeks ago when I did like what I read this past week which, boom, just reviewed them, and I didn't talk about this book. So the book that I did read a couple weeks ago was part of the Miles High Club, and it was called The Do-Over, and I believe it's the fourth book, which is The Last Brother. There's four brothers. Each book goes through their story, and they are a very wealthy family, and they're, I think, part of like a marketing firm that their dad created or their parents did. And so these brothers are very like high up in the company and like own this company now. And it's like each of their stories. And so it's not like 
a comedy book. It's more of like the serious business side where they're just very corporate. And then they meet these women that are completely out of their, not really realm, but like comfort zone of who they usually go after. And so I find that these books are very endearing. I don't know. It's just kind of like an opposite to track. A little bit of enemies to lover, a little bit of friends to lover, like just a lot of different genres, like subgenres and genres that it, they go into. But I especially like this fourth book. And honestly, I don't remember the first two. I know I like them. The third one was good, but I really liked this fourth one because it's the youngest brother and they're like, oh, you're spoiled, you're spoiled. Like, you can't do this, you can't do this. And he's like, actually, I'm going to do it. Which do it means that he is going to backpack across Europe with very little money and he won't have like any of his rich life stuff. And he does it like it's really hard for him, which is kind of where the comedy comes in. It's not like a full comedic book, but there are some like funny parts because you're like, wow, you're this really rich guy that doesn't know how to do this or in the story. You know what I'm saying? The story like makes him more relatable in what he goes through. And of course, he meets another person that's backpacking and they like fall in love. And it's a very, very cute story. Um, but it is like more on the serious side, I guess you could say. But like the storylines are great. The characters are very great. You feel like you get a good sense of who they are. And this series is from T.L. Swan, which I've read multiple of her books and I enjoy her writing. Um, and then th I honestly, okay. So because I've been traveling, I haven't really had time to read a lot. And so I just barely finished, um, the book that we're going to be reviewing. I finished it a couple days ago. And so it was like really last minute. Um, but the two that I have on my radar that I want to read in the next couple weeks, they were both sent to me by my sister. Uh, via Instagram and TikTok, which I'm like, I'm all about that. If she sends me suggestions, then it's less time that I have to take to really research what I want to do. Um, so the first book is A Forbidden Fate by Caven Herning, and I've never heard of it before, but according to the TikTok, they said that it's a good segue out of A Court of Thorn and Roses, and I don't know if I said that right, but it's like they said if you're missing A Court of Thorn and Roses that this is a good series to pick up because it's similar or gives you the same vibes. And so I'm like, well, I did really like that series, so I'm going to try this one. So I'll report back, see how it is. And then the next one, I think she sent me this one on Instagram, but it's Stealing Embers by Julie Hall. And it looks like it's an enemies to lovers with like Nephilim which are like fallen angels. And I think like the girl doesn't know that she's a Nephilim and then she gets sent to like the supernatural school. I mean, that storyline is kind of played out to be honest, but I'm intrigued to see if it's done differently than what I've read before. So I am very intrigued to read that one. I think I'll read that one second, to be honest. I, I think I'm I'm really leaning towards the Forbidden Fate one. And also, Hello October, which is my favorite month. And yes, I did turn 30 this past weekend as well. So I was at a wedding on my birthday, which it actually worked out perfect because like we were all doing activities together and it was just a really, really fun time. So yes, October is here, which is the best month ever. I just... 
I was telling someone the other day, they were like, oh man, seasonal depression is going to start, like talking about that. And I was like, I feel like I have like the opposite seasons of seasonal depression. Like once it hits like September to the end of December, I'm like so happy. So, 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 so happy. And then, but when it starts to get hot, then I'm not happy. <laughs> like, it, I mean, January, sure, it sucks because it's right after December and Christmas and everything like that. But I do way better in the cold than I do the warmth. And yes, hello, I am living in the South where it's very hot and humid. But the temperature this past week has actually been so nice. It's been in the 60s. We did have some hurricane weather a little bit just like some wind and rain. So it cooled everything down and it's been in like the 60s and lower 70s this week. Oh my gosh, you guys. It was the perfect segue. Like uh, the trees, there's so many trees here and they're starting to change. And so my happiness and my endorphins and just everything, I'm like, this is my happy time. Like I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. So Anyways, October, we love that, and then November, December, which, oh my gosh, I just realized at the end of this month will be my one-year mark on doing this podcast. I started it November 1st, which is really exciting. I can't believe it's already been a year. Like, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Yes, I've been stressed about different things, and yes, some of the episodes haven't gone very well. But you know what? I love doing this. I love talking about books. I love having the husband on the podcast talking about books. I love reading still. I love everything to do with it. So I'm hoping to create some really big goals for this next year and hopefully see some really great changes, which I'm, you know, always hoping for. Hoping for. So I can't believe a year is already coming. But anyways, I feel like we've kind of caught up with each other, you know, Uh, so let's get into this book, which I'm really excited about. We are going to be talking about the American Roommate Experiment, which this just came out in September, so a couple weeks ago, and this is by Alina Armas, which if that name sounds familiar, it should, because she wrote the Spanish Love Deception, which I reviewed... I think it was my 10th episode I reviewed that one. And it's still going strong. Like, it's one of my most popular episodes. I didn't know this, but I was reading, like, the afterword of her books, like, her dedications, things like that. And The Spanish Love Deception was actually her very first book ever written. And the more that I thought about it and trying to remember that book, I remember that I didn't really like the beginning. And it wasn't until halfway where I really started to like to actually like the characters and like the main female character. And then I loved it after that. And so I'm like, okay, so she has kind of like a a little rough star. And even in the second book, it's not as bad, like not as bad as a start. I will say that I loved the second book. I'm jumping ahead right now, but I will say that I loved the second book way more than the first one. I'm just going to say that. So if you love the first one, I really hope that you'll love this one as well. And now knowing that after her second one, I was like, she just improved so much more and it was amazing and I loved it. So this book has about like a 2.5 out of 5 spice. It's more of a slow burn, which is really great. It's very intense. 
Um, not like the toast scenes, but it's like an intense slow burn, like a lot of anticipation. And I definitely would recommend it to my mom and sister. I think that they would both like it. I wouldn't be surprised if my mom didn't read it, but I really want my sister to read it because I think she would like it. And this is the type of book um, that those who love like a slow burn. So like, like I was saying, the first half was kind of slow. So it made the slow burn even more slow. But once it started going and getting into more details, then it, it went pretty quickly. And it was kind of hard at the beginning because the two characters, you can already tell that they're smitten with each other. And so it kind of took out the like anticipation really because you kind of know that they're going to be together. But I think that's why I like Enemies to Lovers so much because I, I like seeing that twist, like that turn where they're like where they hate each other, but then they turn and they're like, oh my gosh, we love each other. Like, I love seeing that that turn. And this one just it didn't have that. They already were pretty smitten with each other because they, they had known about each other. Um, so this has like a forced proximity kind of uh, plot in it. Um, like one bed, one couch, friends to lovers, experimental dating. There's a dual point of view. So you see her point of view and his point of view, grand gestures. And my favorite is that what this book has is that there's like books that are love letters. That will make sense the more that you read into this book. Um, so we are going to be talking about Rosie Graham, who is Lena's best friend. And Lena and Aaron were in the first book. They were in the Spanish love deception. So Lena's best friend, Rosie, that's who is in this book. And it's also Lena's cousin, Lucas. They are the two main characters in this book. It starts out with Lena is going away on her honeymoon with Aaron and Rosie really needs a place to crash because her apartment ceiling, like in her living room, came crashing down. And so it was very last minute, of course. She needed a place to stay. So she couldn't get a hold of Lena, but she knew that there was like a spare key she was able to get in. And then about an hour later, she could hear the door shaking and someone trying to break in. So she was trying to call the cops. And then the other person on the side is like, wait, no, like I'm Lena's cousin. Like it was just kind of a funny situation that happens. So they discover that Lena's cousin Lucas is also staying there because she, Lena promised Lucas that he could stay there while he was there for, I think, six weeks on vacation or something because he usually uh, lives in Spain. And so it's kind of awkward. Like it's, it's a cute little meetup. They never met each other before, but they've heard about each other just because Rosie has been Lena's best friend for a long time. And when Rosie went to Lena's wedding, everyone was all talking about Lucas and he was supposed to be there at the wedding. Um, but we find out that he had like a surfing accident. He is like a pro surfer. And so he was going through like rehab and things like that. So when they meet, it's very awkward and trying to figure out how the living arrangement with wor will work because Rosie's like, wait, no, I, this wasn't expected for me. I'll go and find a place. And he's like, wait, no, I can go find a place. And they finally decide like, no, we can both stay here. We'll make those agreement. And it's just kind of like a cute little arrangement that they have. And Rosie at the time, she doesn't want to tell her dad and brother, but she used to have like this really great engineering career. And that's where she met Lena. And she had actually quit that job six months previously 
because she had wrote a romance book. And so she quit her job and had become a full-time author. But she has a really bad, like, writer's block right now. And so it's been hard um, to reach her deadline. And so she's trying to figure out what she wants to do to basically follow her dreams and, and get that inspiration that she needs. And Lucas is actually hiding from his life in Spain and figuring out how to start over because of that accident. So like I said, Rosie needs romantic inspiration for her second book. She has her writer's block and basically Lucas volunteers, which yes, swoon. Um, but it's not, of course, intending to be anything other than like to show Rosie that there are actually good men out there. And so she can like finish her project. But, you know, due to the like the room, the roommate situation, you know, lines get blurred and that's okay because that's why we're here <laughs> talking about this book. So instantly I liked Rosie and that was the opposite in the other book. I didn't like Lena. I thought she complained too much and she just kept putting more and more roadblocks between her and like the love interest, Aaron. And I just, I didn't really like her until like middle way through the book. So Rosie I like I said I liked her instantly she seems really lovable and she's like awkward in the best ways though and I, I just like definitely liked her immediately and she really wants to follow her dreams to like write a book and to be a romance author which I thought was great and she has a lot of potential I guess her first book went really really well but because of the writer's block there's just like not a lot going on. <laughs> She's like trying to get through it. But then of course, here comes Lucas unexpectedly, unexpectedly, and he wants to solve the problem. So she's like, um, okay. But you know, she's a very independent woman from what I gather. And she doesn't really want to seek validation for herself. She's also like very nervous for her family to find out the truth like with her quitting her engineering and all that. I really appreciated that she was a very strong character and you could like, you were there along with her as she was battling herself, like whether to tell her family, whether or not to, whether to stay with that career, if she failed, if she succeeded, like you could see those battles. And at the same time, she also knew what she wanted. And so I really liked that as well. Lucas is going through the same thing as well on his side. And so when you see his point of view, you get that inner battle as well, which I really liked. And you realize that they're just two individuals seeking for that love that probably no one has ever really given to them in a way that they're looking for. <laughs> I mean, according to Rosie, she's never had that type of dating life or person in her life. So you know that she's definitely looking for that. From the moment that Lucas is introduced, he is like instantly a book boyfriend, which I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard that term like all over TikTok, all over just everywhere. Like He's a book boyfriend and I really liked him. <laughs> like uh, he is funny. Just how he's described is like literal perfection. He has a secret that he like was injured and he's kept that from his family and he really ha just hasn't had time to really process what has happened. And so, of course, he wants to escape from Spain and come over to New York and just try to figure out 
his insecurities about himself and how in the end it costs him his happiness basically. And, and they figure it out. And there's a lot of times I just want to shake him and be like, no, you're great. Like you'll figure this out. But of course, I mean, he's not real, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Of course, during this book, we also get like little short moments of Aaron and Lena, which I do like them a little bit more in this story. They don't seem as extreme. So the little snippets that they were in, I did enjoy and it was very cute. And this book was very much full of like heartwarming moments, which I loved. And literally the tension between Lucas and Rosie was killing me like the whole time. That slow burn was intense. And when they finally get together, it's so worth it. It's everything like I, (laughs) I loved it. But of course, like you have to wait the whole book and you're like, what the heck? (laughs) But it was worth it. It was worth it. And what I really liked about the both of them, the both characters, is they were very kind and very selfless towards each other. Like they wanted to take care of each other. Like you could tell the sincerity and the honesty and like the way that they revealed their true selves to each other and the way they wanted to be the best person they could offer to each other, which I thought was very great. I liked how that was wrote in the story. Like I, I like how that, that bond was created. I like how they each had that character and to realize that they do love each other and their chemistry was amazing. (laughs) Like this author did amazing with these characters and how they are just very like cohesive with each other. And it was just like the chemistry was very undeniable And of course, Lucas was a sweetheart and you could tell like just how much he adored and cared for Rosie just from like the very start, like from him looking at her for the very first time and him being like, oh my gosh, this is the Rosie. Like I've heard about her, like it's so cute. Oh, and grand gestures. He does a lot of grand gestures and there's just, it was so cute. He's just so perfect. And like his personality is great. And it just, that's what honestly like attracted me to keep reading this book. Like, I mean, both of them did. And you know how I have a hard time with dual point of views. Like I don't super love the guy's point of view because it's, I don't know, it's just not as relatable. But in this one, I loved it. They built on each other. You could, you could see that foundation building between the two of them and you could see like their vulnerabilities and just what made them beautiful people and like their, their tender, like attention towards each other. And especially Lucas, like he's just perfect. Like he was listening to her. He cared for her. He adored her. And even when he doesn't even know that he's doing it, it's just, he does it. And it was perfect. And so they decide that they're going to do the experiments for her to be able to break down this writer's block. And so they go on, they agree to four dates and the different dates that they did go on went with kind of different themes. So she came up with these dating phases that she told them that she'd provide them with. And so the first date that they go on which they call as phase one, is the meet cute. So the spark of interest, the sweet anticipation that leads to the first date. The first dates are like first impressions. You only have one chance to make it count. 
And so they kind of like recreate him coming to the door and like a cute little situation like that. And he takes her to like a record store and to pick out their soundtrack. And she picks out like Mamma Mia, which is so cute. And then on the second date is phase two. And he says, well, usually underrated, the second date is where curiosity turns into interest. You explore the spark you felt on the first date. And so he takes her to a pizza place and they make pizzas and he shows her how to make these gourmet pizzas because he's a really, really great cook. It's just a super cute date. In phase three, the physical connection takes the wheel. The infatuation becomes tangible, a breathing living thing between two parties. It's about breaking that barrier that holds you back and letting go is a great part of the story. And I believe that's where like some toast comes in and just a lot of like barriers that they break down and have more communication and a lot of family things actually happen with her in these couple chapters as well. And as I was looking, I don't think it goes over the fourth one. Uh, The story just progresses from there and it's very cute and They both kind of have like life lessons that they learn during it. And she starts writing her book like she has this inspiration and she's writing this book. And then um, he leaves to go back to Spain and they're both heartbroken. And she writes this book and it's basically to him. They both realize that they want to be with each other. Like the experiment started to evolve and they notice that their hearts got involved. And it takes him a little bit to realize what he wants and and it's her and like their happiness comes first and and hers comes first and, and her battles and obstacles come first and he wants to fight them for her. And like, it's just such a refreshing story. Of course he like leaves and then they both realize it and come back. Except for like, she realized it before he did and she makes these grand gestures that are so cute but then he's like no we can't do this and it's just uh, this book it twists you it really does but it turns out perfectly it seriously is in my top favorite books like I loved it I loved the evolution of the characters I loved how everything came together and I liked both characters and it's just a very very cute book very cute book. Just 10 out of 10. Like if you want a good, feel good, kind of slow burn, just cute book, this is this is it. This is what you should pick up. So I hope you enjoyed that little kind of synopsis, but also just what I felt about the characters and the stories. I hope you enjoyed that. And I recommend you reading the first one. I don't think that you really need to read the first one to read the second one, but they go really well together. And yeah, I mean, go back and listen to my episode 10 on the Spanish love deception, and then you can listen to this one and it works out really great. Anyways, follow me on Instagram, find me in a book podcast. There's a period between each word and I am grateful for you guys and I will talk to you next week.